Hey there! So I'm Saulo, and I'm a teacher of English as a second language. Um, I've lived a few years in England, but I ended up coming back to Brazil, where I live nowadays. And I spend my days in a tiny little classroom with no more than 10 people at a time, talking about things that no one really understands, <laughs> which to you might sound a little bit boring, but believe me, I like it and I'm happy like that. Well, my experience with Brazilian students has made me realize a few things that like almost everybody had in common or that questions that almost everybody had or things that almost everybody did the same when they were learning English. So, uh, so that's why I've decided to do this. And first thing that I wanted to mention was something that I'm sure you've already done. I mean, I'm not sure, but I believe so. <laughs> and if you haven't done this, for sure you know somebody who has, which is to write intermediate English on your CV, which is basically a lie since you're not really 100% sure not even on how to conjugate the verb to be yet. Well, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sorry, I'm not judging, you know, like, it's not that. Everybody does what they have to do in order to get a job, right? So, yeah, I'm not here to judge, I'm here to help. Uh, but what if you could actually speak English as well as your CV says you do? It would be great, wouldn't it? So that's why I'm doing this. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to give you my practical manual on how to learn English in a quicker, more efficient way. All right, but before we start talking grammar and like all the stuff that I would like to talk about, um, I actually want to say something first. The first question that I always get from students is, Salo, how to speak English? And there is a kind of hard truth here that I must say which is there's no magical formula to learn English. So sorry. You know that saying, like, easy comes, easy goes? So it was more or less your mom's way to teach you that unfortunately we only get something in this life if we make a lot of effort, you know, if you put a lot of effort into it. Uh, so there's no magic that I could do or that I could promise to give you Nothing like, uh, I'll make you fluent in three months or in six months, sorry. I cannot help you like that. Uh, first thing I've got to say to you is, if you want to speak English, you've got to do it. Nobody else can do it for you. And in fact, it depends more on you and how much you dedicate yourself to it then it depends on your teacher or the method that you have chosen to, to study with. So, it's basically on you with this one. I said one thing that I wanted to talk about before I actually start talking grammar, but actually there's like a few things that I want to discuss with you guys on this first episode without before actually getting into grammar itself. Uh, first thing that I'd like to say is that I'm trying to do this in one take. So if I say something wrong or if I get a little lost in my speech here, please forgive me. I apologize in advance. But, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, uh, another thing that I'd like to do right now. I want you to, well, you know, like sometimes in this life, 
we we change and we learn things and we start believing things that we didn't before and you stop believing things that you did before um, and one of the things that I wanted to do today is to stop believing some lies that you may have told yourself because uh, if you're listening to me right now it means that you are probably a student of English and you may not be new to this you know you, you may have been trying to do this for quite a long time now and somehow somewhere in this process you may have told yourself one of these lies which I'd like you to stop believing right now I'd like you to break it yeah so the first thing that I want you to stop believing is that you are too old for this you know sometimes someone may have told you that you were too old for this uh, one thing that I hear a lot from my students is oh I wish my parents uh, would have uh, taught me English when I was a child or enrolled me into school uh, I wish I'd learned it when I was a child uh, because children learn it so much faster and so much easier um, and I was studying about it and you can actually find uh, people who defend both point of views you know there are some researchers who will say that yeah there is a critical age limit uh, after which you cannot process things anymore but there will also be other other people who will say that there's no age limit and that you can learn anything anytime in your life. I prefer to believe these guys. You know, I prefer to believe that you can learn English no matter how old you are. Um, right? I must admit, it may be a little easier for children. But you know why I think it's easier for children? I, I think, and this, this is me thinking, okay? Like, there's no scientific base whatsoever for this, but I think that children may learn faster because they simply do not question anything that I say. When I'm teaching kids, uh, like, when I'm teaching kids the verb to be, for example, something basic, uh, and I tell them that there are three different forms for it, M, R, S, uh, they don't question. They they don't don't ask me. But why why three forms or uh, why I am not I are or why you are not you is? Uh, does is mean eh? Like they they don't question it. They they simply accept it. They say okay, I am you are he is fine next. And uh, one thing that I always say is that. Adult life is complicated and we don't know how to deal with simple, you know, because everything that surrounds us, everything in our daily lives, they are so complicated. We, we just love complicated things, you know. We, we don't know how to deal with simple things. Uh, and maybe that is why we have this tendency uh, of complicating everything. But I've got something to say to you, which is English is simple. So do not overthink it or do not complicate it. You don't have to make things so complicated all the time. 
you know, like we have this tendency of believing that something is too good to be true and we have to always question it. But no, we don't, you know? So if I say to you that something is the way it is, it, it is the way it is. You don't, don't have to complicate it. Um, okay. I'm not saying it's not good to be curious because it is. You know, curiosity may be a good thing that will make you learn a lot. But but there are some things that you don't have to know unless you want to be a teacher. You don't know all the all the why's of the Portuguese language, do you? You don't know all the names, all the grammar. You know, if I ask you to I don't know, to, to make a complicated, complex sentence, which I cannot think about at this moment, because I'm speaking English, so I can't think in Portuguese, um, you will probably not know it. Yeah, if I ask you uh, all the names of all the elements in a sentence, you, you'll probably not know it. So there are, there are some things that we just don't have to know, because 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 they aren't essential to speaking a language. Uh, another lie that you may believe, and I want you to stop believing it right now, is that you don't have enough time. Um, most of my students are between the ages of 20 and 30, which means that they are studying at college and probably working as well because they need work to finance their studies. And I understand how life can get extra hectic and busy, especially when you have to work and study. But I've also got to tell you a personal story of mine, um, which is for a very long time, I have suffered from anxiety. I still do. But because I was suffering so much, I decided to to search for professional help. And I started seeing a therapist. And my number one complaint to her was that I didn't get enough time to do the things that I liked because I was working and studying all the time. And I was extra busy and overwhelmed and I couldn't do anything for myself. Then she challenged me to do a spreadsheet containing all my hours, you know, to describe my daily routine and tell her what exactly I was doing at exactly which times and days. And I was convinced that this was going to be super easy and that I was going to do that in five minutes and so I could rub it on her face and say, see, I'm telling you that I ain't got no time. I was wrong, like, like very wrong. At the end of this experiment, I have discovered that in a week, I had over 66 free hours very badly managed, I must admit. What I'm trying to say is, um, the same way that I believed that I was doing too many things and that I didn't have enough time for anything, 
you may be just in the same situation. You know, sometimes you're thinking that you don't have enough time for this, you don't have enough time for that. When you actually do, you are given 24 hours every day. It may be a case that you may not be managing your time properly. You know, you have time, you don't have focus. Sorry to say that so straightforwardly, but, <laughs> but I learned it the hard way. This lesson was a lesson that I learned and I'm sharing it with you because you may be able to learn from my mistakes. So if you, if you do the same thing and, you know, put it on the paper, how many hours you're working, how many hours you're studying, how many, time, how many hours you're sleeping, or how many hours you're doing whatever you do, you may be surprised with how many hours you'll have of extra free time that you may be spending on Instagram instead of doing something productive with it. Um, another lie that you may believe and that like I'd like you to stop believing right now is that you haven't got enough money to study English. Okay, I understand taking an English course or like taking English lessons may be expensive in most cases. Uh, not a lot of people in Brazil still speak English and it is a privilege of just a few people still nowadays, which surprises me a lot. But besides that, we cannot deny that access to learning has become a lot easier these days. So what I'm saying is you may have looked for like language schools, which were pretty expensive. Uh, and it was an amount of money that you couldn't afford at the moment. But I wanted to think outside of the box. I wanted to see other possibilities. You know, like if you've got a smartphone, you probably do because you're listening to me right now. Uh, there are videos you can watch on YouTube. There are podcasts like this one that you can listen to on Spotify. There are apps which you can download and practice from your house. Um, so it's more of like, what can you do with the amount of money you've got? I think you should stop thinking, oh, I ain't got no money. And you should start thinking, well, what have I got that I could use? Number four lie that I would like you to stop believing right now. And this is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is absurd. I don't know. I, I don't have words to express right now. Um, but what another lie you may be telling yourself and I want you to stop today is that to learn English, you must study abroad. I've heard a billion times. Oh, but you've only, you've only learned English because you lived abroad. Oh, because you visited another country. Oh, no, because if you really want to speak English, you've got to go to another country. You've got to travel. You've got to study abroad, live abroad. Blah, 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 blah. Well, let me stop you there for a minute. 
I have met brilliant, excellent teachers who have never been abroad. Never in their lives. And they're teaching English very well. So, man, I know traveling is great, you know. You, you, you understand a lot more than just the language. You understand culture. You get, like, a lot of baggage. Okay, it's great. Yes, if you have the opportunity, if you can afford it, and if you're brave enough to adventure yourself into the wild world, go for it. I encourage you 100%. But your learning English cannot depend on this. You cannot say that you will only learn like for real once you leave the country or, or once you travel abroad. It's just a lie. You know, it's just not true. And you have to stop it right now. Okay. Well, having said that, what else do you need if you want to speak English? I'm, I'm here talking about that number one question that I said that most students ask me, which is how, how do I speak English? How can I speak English? How can I learn English? And I also believe that if you want to learn English, you must have a goal. And I'm not only talking about learning languages here. I believe for everything in life, you need a purpose. You need a, you know, an objective. Um, for example, you may have the goal of getting a better job, and for that, you fill yourself with the determination to study English with the purpose that it may help you reach your goal. So, goals, determination, and purpose are three words that I want to highlight today because you have to find a way to develop these characteristics in yourself for anything in life, you know. Without a goal, you'll never get anywhere. You know, if you, if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get nowhere, you know. Yeah, that's more or less what I want to say. Um, it's not going to be easy. A lot of people give up in the middle of the process of learning English. And I tend to think it is because English was not their goal, you know? Maybe their goal was to travel or get a job or watch a film without subtitles on. But anyway, you need determination and a goal. When I'm talking about a goal, I, and this I, I'd like to talk about as well, um, your goals must be doable. You know, they must be possible. Because there's no point establishing a goal like, I want to be fluent. Well, everybody does. You're, you know, you're not alone. But that's too big a goal, you know? It takes a long time to reach that level, you know? And if your goal is set too high, chances are that you will just give up halfway through it because it will take you too long to get there and people are impatient, aren't they? So I guess what I'm trying to say is when you're thinking about your goals, 
try to think of small ones, doable ones. I'll give you some examples. Like maybe you could say, uh, this week I'm going to learn how to introduce myself in English using the verb to be. It's a great goal to start with. Or maybe you could say, I'm going to learn 10 words of vocabulary, which I use the most in my workplace by Friday. <laughs> or maybe you could say, I'll memorize the past simple of five irregular verbs by the end of the week. If you do this, it will be easier for you to see your progress, to see, look, I told myself I was going to do this and I did it which means that I am like five irregular verbs further uh, from where I was last week, or I am 10 words of vocabulary further from where I was last week, or last week I didn't know how to introduce myself using the verb to be, and this week I do. It will be easier for you to visualize your progress and how much you're actually learning and growing, and thus you'll feel more motivated which is great. Everybody wants motivation in this life. Yeah. So one thing is remind yourself of the reasons why you have started this. Every time you think of giving up, every time you think it's too hard or too difficult or that you can't do this, remind yourself the of the reasons why you have begun. Another thing I want to talk to you about is respect time, respect your time. Uh, learning anything takes time, probably more time than you want it, than you would like. Sorry, you know, uh, but you, you just can't put the... Sorry about that. I was saying that you just can't put the the cart before the horses, you know, you've got to respect time. I'm going to give you another personal example, another story of mine. When I was learning how to drive, you've all been there, <laughs> uh, I thought it was the end of the world. Honestly, thought I couldn't do it. Literally thought it was impossible. Because there were three petals and I only had two feet. There were three mirrors and I had only two eyes. You know, it, there was just so much involved. So many things I had to pay attention. Like which pedal to step on, which gear. Oh my God, which mirror to look at. A car or a person, they could just come from so many different directions. It was so dangerous and so difficult. I thought I could never do it. But with time, I managed to learn it. And nowadays, I can drive quite well, actually. Not being humble here. Except if there is a Beyonce song on the radio, in which case it's very dangerous because I start doing the choreography. But anyway, that's not a point. Um, the same way that it was very difficult for me to drive a car when I first began learning it, but now I can do it just fine. 
perhaps learning English will, will be very difficult for you at the beginning. And you may think it's the end of the world and you may think you haven't got what it takes to learn it. But if you hold on and if you, you know, just insist, it will become automatic someday, somehow. But it may take longer than you want. Just respect your time. You know, another bad habit that we've all got is the habit of comparing people. And we always compare our, ourselves with other people, to other people, you know. And you say, oh no, but I haven't learned as much as the other people in my group, or this guy or that guy is so much more intelligent than I am, or I don't know just as much as they do. But this is just plain wrong. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people. You should be comparing yourself to yourself. You know what I mean? Your own results. You should be looking at you and say, well, last week I didn't know this, this week I do. Last year I couldn't say this, now I can. You know? It may, it may have taken you longer than it ever took other people, but who cares? Who's counting? You know what I mean? Um, so if you are to compare your results with anybody else's, maybe yourself and your past and your history, you know, look where you be, you know, like look at where you began and where you are right now. So that's another tip. Don't be so hard on yourself and respect your time. Another thing that I want to talk to you today is if you want to speak English, you've got to practice, dude, you know, and you've got to practice speaking, listening, reading, and writing. And when we're learning a language, there are these four skills that we must study. Two of them, they are active because you actually have to produce something, which is speaking and writing. And two of them are more like passive because you're receiving information, which is listening and reading. And it's very rare, not to say impossible, because impossible is nothing, but it's very rare that somebody is good at all of them, at all four skills. What's more common is that a student is good at one of them and kind of weak at the others. So maybe it's easy for you to listen to me right now and understand everything that I'm saying or listen to music or watch a film. And you may, you may like a lot of students tell me when I listen to people speaking, I understand everything what they say. But when it gets to me talking, then I have a problem and I freeze and I can't speak. Or maybe uh, you have to read a lot of scientific articles at college or at work, and when you read a text or a book, you understand 100% of, of what you read, 
But again, when it gets to talking or listening, you're not so great. This is absolutely normal. You know, nobody's good at everything. I mean, some people are, but we hate them, right? Um, <laughs> um, my tip here to you is you need to practice exactly the skills that are most difficult to you. Because in my experience, what I always say is students running away from the things that are difficult for them. So if you're terrible at listening, you don't want to do a listening exercise. If you're terrible at writing, you never want to write. And if you're weak at reading, then you never read a book. You're going the wrong direction, friend. That's exactly what you should be doing. There's no point in practicing what you're already good at. You know what? Know what I mean? If you're already good at something, why would you practice it? I mean, it's only logical. If I'm not good at something, then that's exactly what I must practice to become good at it one day. So if my reading is poor, I'm going to read until my eyes fall off, until I'm good at it, you know? If I find it difficult to speak, well, I'm going to be recording podcasts on Spotify because I'm, I'm going to be speaking a lot until I'm good at it. In the beginning, I'll be terrible, but I won't be forever. You know what I mean? So, stop running from things that you find difficult and start practicing. Well, let me see. Oh, I remember. Another thing I want to talk about. Translation. Yeah. Translating isn't a crime just yet. So, relax. Um... I've heard many people saying, oh, you should not translate, you should think in English. And at the same time, a lot of students come to me and say, it's just impossible, I can't think in English. What do I do? How can I do that? There's no problem if you want to translate things. It's not a crime, like I said. It does make you slower, though. Um, the problem with translating is that, like, let's compare our brains to a computer. If you need to translate everything so you can, so you can say that you actually understand what I'm saying, it means that, practically, it means that your brain needs to listen to what I'm saying in English, translate it to Portuguese, Think of an answer in Portuguese to only then manage to produce an answer in English. It's four processes, four different processes to answer one simple question. You're overusing your, your CPU, you know what I mean? Results of that will be error 404 not found. It will take you 
a long time to listen, understand, think of an answer, translate, and actually speak. By the time that you have thought of an answer to my question, I'll be probably dancing on my own on a club and I've left you talking to yourself. Sorry. Maybe you're just trying to execute so many tasks at the same time and actually everything would have been so much easier if you could just get rid of all the processes of translating that are in between and could just focus on a question and produce an answer right away in a very natural way. You know, you, you don't have to make a perfect sen sentence, like 100% perfect all the time. You don't need to feel sorry for your broken English because it's good or, or bad. You know, even, even if you speak broken English, your English is still better than than the Portuguese of many other people, right? Or foreign people, I mean. So, like, at the end of the day, it is you. You are speaking a foreign language. Without you, that conversation wouldn't be going on. You're making an effort to speak another language, so there is communication. So you shouldn't be sorry. Anyways, I've already said it before, and I'll say it again. Don't be so hard on yourself. And the last thing I want to say is, if you really want to learn English, you need to practice on and on and on and on, nonstop. Speaking English is not like riding a bicycle. If you don't practice often enough, it, it's probable, probable that you'll forget everything or, or just a lot. It's necessary, it's a must that you practice non-stop to the end of your life. No, just being dramatic. Even when we are at a high level, like when you're feeling confident enough to speak and talk to other people, there is always room for improvement. I mean, you may be thinking that I'm speaking very well right now, but if you're a foreign person listening to me, you may have heard like mm, mm, you may have heard many opportunities that I had to improve, just like right now when there were a lot of gaps between my words. So, uh, there's always room for improvement and we've got to practice non-stop forever. We can always learn something new or improve pronunciation. And when I say this, I want to be extra careful because there's a lot of people there thinking that like proper English is just this one or that one or British or American. Um, but I want to like bring your attention to the fact that there are plenty of different accents and there's just no way to speak without an accent. The moment we're speaking, we are already speaking with an accent, whatever accent it may be. 
And there are not just two accents, like the British and the American one. Like, within England, there are many different accents. And within the United States, there are plenty of other different accents. So there isn't a right way, just one right way. There are many different right ways, you know? So it's like, you don't have to like work your ass off to say water because you're saying water if both ways are accepted, you know? So don't stress too much about it. And also, I, I don't think anybody wants to pretend like they are native speakers. Do you? No, I don't think so. So like, somehow people will always know that you're not native. No matter how well you speak, you, you may have had this experience with people speaking Portuguese as well. No matter how long they've lived in Brazil, no matter how good speakers they are, you always know that they aren't Brazilians, don't you? So people will always know that you're non-native. And I don't think you want to pretend you are, so just relax. Be careful. Sometimes mispronouncing words may lead, lead you into trouble because you may want to say one thing and end up saying another thing. And in this case, you've got to be careful with But don't worry too much about accent or losing your Brazilian accent. A lot of people are very cruel, like, I've got to lose my Brazilian accent. No, you haven't. Accept it. Embrace it. Well, last thing, I think I've already said this, but last thing is attention to the linking sounds. We don't like this. Most students don't understand films or songs or series or people talking because you're expecting to hear all the words. And we do say all the words, kind of, but not isolated, you know, like not word by word because we're not robots, you know? So, anyway, you may have already... Got that from, from this speech that I'm giving you right now. So, thanks for staying here with me so far, till now. And now that you already know that you are just the right age, that you're not too old for this. Now that you know that you can organize your time, that you need to establish a goal and have determination, that you probably have strong and weak skills, which you have to practice and that you don't need to translate 100% of everything to understand what I'm saying, I want to give you my most valuable tips which I got from all my time as teacher and I will be separating them by topics in the following uh, chapters 
according to the most frequently asked questions that I get from my students. Okay, I'm also gonna try and give you uh, some phrases, some sentences that are gonna be useful to you and that will serve as a base for you to create your own sentences and so that you can communicate better. All right, are you ready for that? So keep listening, go on to the next chapter and we'll keep talking. Bye, thanks for listening.